Todd Goulet. Oh, a wise guy, eh? Nate Oliver. I'm very important. I have many leather-bound books. Taking on the tough issues. What kind of nonsense is this? And even some other stuff that really matters to no one. Cage matches? Yeah, they work. How could they not work? If they didn't work, everybody would still be in the cage. Once a week on iTunes, Stitcher, and whatever else you listen to. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. This is the Yankee Pilgrim. It's a perfect example of people surrounding themselves with teachers who tell them what they want to hear. Yeah, man. Well, hey, let's let's kick it off and we'll right. see where we'll see where it goes, which is pretty much what we always do. Mm. All right, how you coffee good? Yeah, man, just had a swizzle. Nice, <laughs> nice. All right, yeah, I got uh, I got some iced coffee this morning, and uh, I got a big, big, big one because I'm, I'm dragging a little bit today. I don't know why. Like the kind you can swim in, like that. Yeah, big? man. Yeah, I'm actually in it right now. I'm actually the- sitting in it right now. <laughs> the 120 ounce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Welcome to the Yankee Pilgrim. We are two New England pastors talking about ministry matters for New England and beyond. This is Todd Goulet, pastor of Friendship Baptist Church in Litchfield, Connecticut, joined by my bro host, a guy that is so intelligent that the elbow patches on his tweed blazers have their own elbow patches. Nate Oliver, pastor <laughs> of the Federated Church in Willington, Connecticut. <laughs> I need doing? elbow patches, man. How you doing, Professor? I'm good. I don't know if I have sharp elbows or what, man, but I have a problem, man. My shirts get holes in the elbows. Do you have uh, tweed jackets with elbow patches? Man, I don't, but I would. Um, <laughs> I have tweed jackets, a couple, but I don't have the elbow uh, pads. But, I, you know, honestly, I should. Yeah, you should. Uh, Either that or like a light corduroy. So if anybody wants to donate one of those to the show, I will gladly wear it if you donate a, guy, a tweed jacket with elbow I, patches. That's right, man. A guy with your intelligence can't be seen just wearing a seersucker suit. You need to have a tweed jacket. I do. I think you're but right. But you do. You actually, you actually have a, a seersucker suit, don't you? Did you actually? Did you end up getting one? No, but we looked at one. Uh, yeah, we did. It was when we were at the conference. Yeah, no, that's I right. didn't. Um, that's right, but man. I would love to, uh, have it. So yeah, seersucker suit. I'll do it. <laughs> I just don't want to spend the money on it. <laughs> yeah. I hear that, man. I hear that. Well, today, uh, I want to talk about a pretty sobering topic. I think a, a very serious topic because every time there's another act of terror, whether it's a man driving a truck into a crowd or this evil coward in Texas that walked into a church and killed children and, and, and mothers and, and fathers, uh, men and women are simply perplexed that we won't see the solution to the whole issue their way. So on the left, gun control, more governmental control. On the right, sometimes it's inaction or even more government control. If you consider the what is happening in the Sodom and Gomorrah that is Hollywood right now, there's this great domino effect of sexual assault revelations. I don't know if you've been following any of that in the news, but it's it's just absolutely everywhere. So the great issue with our country is that we are right now, just like Israel was in the book of Judges. Um, I mean, the theme is that in those days, Israel had no king and all people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. And I think that's where we are as a nation right now. Man, no doubt. And and it does. It just seems like each new day brings with it a new sexual assault revelation or a 
a new shooting or um, you you name it. It just seems like every day <laughs> yeah. it gets worse and worse. <clears throat> and, and people are asking why, why does this happen? What's happening? What can we do? And, and I was back in the book of Judges yesterday because it's one of my favorite books in the Bible. But there's the what I call the Judges cycle where there's repentance, then there's rebellion and repellent, uh, repentance and rebellion and so on and so forth. We're we're at that point in our nation where we need national repentance. Yeah. Uh, Judges 10, it says, finally, finally, they cried out to the Lord for help, saying, we have sinned against you because we have abandoned you as our God and have served the images of Baal. And that's exactly where we are right now as a nation. We need as a nation to cry out to God and say, we have sinned against you because we have abandoned you as our God. Now, mm-hmm. I think I think me saying that will seem will be a very unpopular opinion with many, but I, I don't care because I, I know that's exactly what we need as a nation right now is national repentance. Uh, I was reading Matt Walsh yesterday, the Matt Walsh blog, and he said this, and it really struck me. He said, if you're wondering where all of these killers are coming from, check Twitter. It's filled with future candidates, people who <laughs> truly do not recognize the humanity in their fellow man. And they're not just on Twitter. They're out in the real world, he says, laughing at a guy while he drowns, torturing a disabled man for fun, taking selfies with a woman who's just been beaten unconscious or back on the Internet watching a teenager live stream his own suicide. Mm. Boom. I mean, that that is where we are as a nation right now. And that is a is a sickness in our morality. So. This then is a call for our nation to repent of their wickedness, to turn from sin. That is that is the core of what we need. Absolutely, and you know we're in a we're in an interesting situation in our um, country's history. Just as we think about, and you know, I know we talked about this on an episode where we talked about <clears throat> First Chronicles, and you know, we made the distinction that uh, that. Uh, you know, America isn't a Christian nation. Uh, however, um, the principal morality um, came from the scriptures for mm-hmm. most uh, people in this country. And so I think as we've uh, as collectively as a nation cast aside God's word and laughed at it, we have plunged into the abyss of moral chaos. Mm-hmm. And w- with everything from sexuality to gender to uh, violence to <clears throat> you name it, it, it's almost like we are, not almost, we are seeing Romans 1 played out, the passive wrath of God, where he hands men and women over to their themselves. They, you know, we think we're wise in our own eyes and God says, okay, let's see how that ends up for you. And we're seeing where... Some of this is ending up from years and generations ago. Yes. Yes, and you're 100% right. I, I think we also need to make the distinction that calling for a nation to repent of their sin is not a right-wing solution, and it's not a left-wing solution. It is a biblical solution to the madness and the chaos that exists in our country right now. Uh, the issue of a of a evil coward walking in and shooting up a church is not a— is not a uh, Republican or Democrat issue. That is an American issue. That is a, a, a rottenness at our very core that is just demonstrating itself. Like you said, 
God is allowing us to go down the road that we are demanding we go down. And he's like, it's all yours. And, and yeah. that is, that is Romans one. That's, that's very good. Yeah. And it's again, it, it, and the bad part is without the repentance, there will be nothing but band-aid solutions when chemotherapy is needed or what, you know, whatever yeah. the tumor needs to be removed. We don't need to put band-aid on it. And without repentance, all it's going to be is a Band-Aid on a mortal wound. That's right. We we have broken legs. Any solution other than repentance is going to be cough syrup. That, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it has nothing to do with anything, but it feels good. It tastes good, but it's not going to fix the problem. And we're seeing this over and over and over and over and over and over again, where uh, from a government perspective, we're throwing solutions at things that have no bearing on the actual issue themselves. Yeah. And we're not willing to, to call a duck a duck. We're not willing to call something like it is. Every time something happens, whether it's government or media, we are in a rush to blame it on something that is completely unrelated to the incident itself, which yeah. is madness. Mm. Absolutely. And again, going back to national repentance, um, you can only repent of sins you name. Yeah. And, and so we, we've got to understand that what we have, first and foremost, is individuals. And the, so individuals make up communities, cities, and nations. Uh, fundamentally, we've got a sin issue, um, all of us. And, and it's a heart issue. And so, but to repent of something that you won't even name as sin. You, there's nothing to repent of if you're not going to recognize it as sin. Right. Right. And, and so I have I have four categories that I think where repentance needs to occur. And I think you're hitting on the first one, which I believe repentance needs to occur in the church mm. first. And, and I think that's kind of what you're alluding to. We were talking about the pastor of Hillsong, and I don't even know what show he was on. But yeah, go ahead and talk about that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Chris Lentz, pastor of Hillsong Church, um, was on the View, and That's one right. of the late one of the ladies just said, "Hey, at your church, would you teach that abortion is sin?" Um, and and so he hemmed and hawed and didn't answer the question. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, people are in an uproar about it, and well, they should be. If you have a pastor who's not willing to speak the truth, um, you should run. I mean, like Paul said, people are going to surround themselves with uh, teachers who w want who tell them everything they want to hear. Mm -hmm. um, but the issue, again, like I just mentioned a moment ago about repentance, uh, I mean, we would recognize that the Bible, the Bible recognizes life as sacred and to take a life is murder. And so we would recognize abortion as that. And we would also recognize that in grace, in, uh, we've got people in our lives. We've uh, maybe participated in um, an abortion or uh, colluded with someone to have, well, you know, whatever the case may be. But unless we're willing to name it as sin, we're not going to receive grace for it and mercy for it. And so um, the thing that ought to be done is saying, yeah, this is a horrific thing. However, Jesus 
saves, Jesus forgives, Jesus gives grace for people who have done horrific things, namely all of us. Yeah. And so what it's actually doing is it's actually keeping people to, to not speak the truth about sin is actually keeping people from receiving the forgiveness that's available. That's right. If if you don't have sin, then you don't need forgiveness. But the reality is we all have sin. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And I yeah. think I heard a snippet of him saying that that particular pastor saying that uh, I don't know if you are in sin unless I know you, which isn't yeah. true, which is just it's it's not biblical. I mean, because all it's of nonsense. Sin. Yeah, it is nonsense. <laughs> and, and so what happens is. As the church starts to say, I mean, the church is the light on the hill. We are the lighthouse. We are the bastion of hope for a dying world. And as the church moves further away from the word of God, that light diminishes. The salt, the salt loses its flavor. The whole thing starts to crumble from there. So as a church, we need to repent of our sin and return to the purity of the word of God. Yeah, and I think this is where it comes into play. You know, we talked about, um, again, in a previous episode I mentioned earlier, First Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name, that that applies for us in the church right now. Yes. Uh, we, we, you know, so uh, we, we do. It's got to start. If, if it's not going to start in the church, where is it going to start? Yeah. There's a there, there's a very and the second bucket I think is government, but I think uh, finishing up with the church's need to repent. I think there's a a dangerous uh, worship of government in the church mm. Uh, mm. on both sides of the political spectrum, whether it's left or right. I mean, those who are more conservative are like, yes, the left worships gov- worships government, but the right worships government just as much. And so we Absolutely. need to we need to start rely we need to pray for respect our leaders but we need to rely more on Christ than on anything else. Yeah, and I mean I know you're libertarian so you just want to fire everybody in government. Yeah, I do. Um <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> me too. <laughs> no, me too. Um but it is it's um you know the the church's power doesn't come from political action. It comes from the spirit of God and the word of God. That's it. And, um, you know, we, we can put our hope in men and women too easily, uh, for, for whatever on the left or the right. And, um, there is nothing worse than, uh, going to church, whatever side of the aisle it's on. And it's about politics. Yeah. So what would that look like? What would that look like in in the church? So what does repentance on a large scale look like in the local church? Well, again, I think it means naming our sins Mm -hmm. personally and corporately, naming our sins, um, you know, whatever they may be. In specific churches, some of those sins are going to be different than other churches. It's going to be maybe naming the sin of, Oh, we have not loved our neighbors as we should have. Right. And, and so we need to repent of that. Or, or maybe in another, it's, oh, we've done a lot of community action, this, that, or the other, but we have not loved and worshiped and sought after God's face right. like we should have right. or, or, or whatever. Yeah. So my recommendation is if we have pastors listening, 
I would start with Psalm 139 and in your own prayer, say, search me, O God, know my heart, try me, know my thoughts. And we need God to show us any wrong way in us. And then we as a church need to have that same prayer. And I believe God will convict us of that. Now, the problem is when you start praying these things, when you start asking God to, to show you your the parts of your life that, that he wants you to give over to him where you need to repent of sin, things can get messy. And, th- Real and things can change. So the church <laughs> needs to change if only to repent of sin. Hmm. So the second bucket uh, in my mind is government. The government, we need national repentance on the scale of our government, whether it is local, state, and national leaders to call for a time of prayer and fasting and repentance. And they need to repent themselves. I mean, there's this, we could spend three episodes just going through where government needs to repent of their sin. But there, there's so many different layers of this that we could talk about, whether it is uh, sexuality, whether it is uh, immorality or anything else. I mean, we think about we could just talk about abortion and the millions of people that have been killed since 1974 and how that's been allowed by our government. And I'm not going to make the, everything that's going on in our country now an issue of abortion, but that's part of it. Uh, w- when you commit genocide, God does not bless that nation, and he gives us the leaders that we deserve. We, we get the people that we deserve. We get the people that we want to, 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 to become our leaders, and we can see that on the national scale right now. Hmm. The, the third place where we need repentance is government education. Uh, if anyone listens to you, you listen to Vadi Bauckham, but he does not like government education and I'm with him as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is not a big proponent of government education um, and that's any public school system. Now this is, I am not calling out public school teachers. I think public school teachers are some of the hardest working people that I know. They have one of the most thankless jobs, certainly <laughs> in our country. I'm talking about the system of education that they are a part of, uh, teaching sexuality to children as young as kindergarten age, uh, teaching transgenderism to young children as normative. I mean, the New York Public Library has drag queen reading hours, which to me is just horrifying. Mm-hmm. And I would suggest that if, if somebody listening to this is a believer in Christ and that doesn't horrify you, go back to the psalm and say, Lord, search me. See if there's any way in me that needs to be given back over to you, because that's horrifying. When we're yeah. teaching young children that sexuality um, outside of the bounds of heterosexual marriage is normative, it becomes destructive. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now. I mean, just just look at Hollywood, which is the third bucket. But if you look at what's going on in, in the entertainment industry right now, when we make aberrant behavior normative for children, then children grow into adults just like this generation with no compass for morality. And that's why you see what Walsh was talking about, where we have people laughing at someone who's drowning, torturing a disabled man, taking selfies with a woman who's just been beaten unconscious. Why does that happen? Because we are starting with our children and we're teaching them that aberrance is normative and we need to repent of that sin. Mm. Yeah, and some of that can even be, um, you know, I, I know the examples you're using are things that happen in real life, but 
but some of it is, man, what kind of, what, what are we entertained yes. by? What are, what are, you know, uh, when you, when you're entertained, you've got a serious cultural problem when people are entertained by torture movies. Mm. It's a problem. And yeah, people may make the argument that it is on the screen and it's just people acting, but it's got to start somewhere. And you don't just become desensitized overnight. It happens little by little by little by little. And, and, and again, what a great tool of the evil one to use entertainment to desensitize people because, oh, it's not real yeah. anyway. And then the next thing you know, you start seeing videos of people really doing those things. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's really challenging. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just so much that we could talk about here. Uh, but th- yeah, so we we I think that's the fourth bucket. Then is entertainment. I mean, it's just a mess. It, it's an absolute mess right now, and, and it just goes from bad to worse. I mean, it was when the the Harvey uh, Weinstein scandal broke. It wasn't a scandal. It was just exposing what had been happening in that industry for years to light because there is no morality. There is no moral compass. So you have these older men sexually assaulting younger men. You have these guys uh, assaulting women and, and it's, it's just, it's just horrifying. And now more and more people are coming forward and saying, yes, this happened to me as well. And, and so we're, we, we look at these people who are so highly respected and so worshiped in our culture, but they at their core are rotten just like the industry that they work in. And, and <laughs> it's, it's so challenging because there's, there's so much about feminism and other things today where, where women don't want to be treated as objects. And that's so right. And that is so biblical. But then when, when Hugh Hefner dies, people are building shrines to this man, the same people that would decry the treatment, th- this, this horrible treatment of women in these industries. And and now they want to make his home into a into a historic landmark. I mean, it's crazy. It's, what is it's, happening? It, it's insanity. What? I mean, he it, it he is. did more harm to women, um, and and yeah, he's uh, actually a, a guy named Ross Dothat wrote a good obituary in the New York Times about um, Hef, Hefner and. Um, just like let, let's not pretend like this was a good guy. Yeah. Like he did horrific things, and you know. Anyway, it, yeah. it's actually it's actually a sobering read. This obituary, I would encourage anybody to do that. It's from a, a couple, what a month ago or something, a month and a half. So I would suggest that we need national repentance. It starts in the church. It goes to our leadership. And then it, it needs to needs to affect our our entertainment uh, because there's just so much madness that the only cure for this is repentance. Absolutely, and and just one other note as we think about repentance and, and beginning to walk rightly with the Lord again, um, that man, there's God set up life to work best according to His wisdom and His laws, and there is true joy when we're walking the path God wants us to be on. So, you know, it's not like, hey, repent and be miserable the rest of your life. Right. It's like repent and find real joy and real freedom from bondage walking in the ways of the Lord. Right. 
That's it, man. I mean, that's the key, and that's what repentance leads to. Repentance leads to a period of, of, of great challenge, but then joy. Joy comes in the morning, right? I mean, joy yeah. comes from repentance because we start to we start to live and operate within the design of our creator. And that's an amazing place to be. It really mm-hmm. is. It, it's not boring. <laughs> it, it's not, uh, we don't become Ned Flanders. Uh, we don't become a bunch of uh, stuffy suits. We become men and women who truly understand who they are in Christ and we embrace who he is. Now, in all of this, those people that are really, that we would consider far off the deep end, we need to love them as Christ mm. as Christ does. And I'm not suggesting at, at, at any point in this that we hate anyone. Whether somebody's no. transgendered or an abortion advocate or anything like that, that's not my suggestion at all. <clears throat> they need to repent, just as yeah. you and I need to repent, yeah. just as our churches need to repent. So this is not a me suggesting we need we need to practice hatred. That that is furthest from what I'm suggesting. We need to practice repentance because that's what we need. Yeah, and and it's not even us taking a standing outside and pointing the finger. It's like, man, we we need to repent regularly. Yeah. Uh, all of us, uh, I had one, and, and this is a compliment, one gentleman at my church, uh, <clears throat> he said to me, he said, you know, I didn't really think about pastors being sinners till I met you. And, uh, <laughs> and, sorry, and sorry, man. I, exactly. No, but, but <clears throat> his point was, you know, I talk about it like I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. I'm a sinner and I regularly have things I need to repent of. I daily need to repent. And it is really Martin Luther said, repentance is the whole of the Christian life. And it's true. Yeah. That's I'm sorry. I laughed so hard. I laughed too. It struck me, man. That's great. Cause that's the stuff people say to me. They're like, Oh, you know, I I didn't realize how terrible you really were. (laughs) Thank you. It's like, I I never really knew a jerk till I met you. (laughs) You really are unkind. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I say repentance needs to begin in the church. It needs to begin at the church because we are the light. We are the lighthouse to our nation. And if our nation sees us in repentance over sin, by God's grace, that would spread from there. And and so we need to start with us. Mm. All right, man. Well, I think we've solved the world world's issues. And if there's another great awakening in New England, then glory to God, we'll be part of it. So that's <laughs> going to that's gonna do it for today's episode. Go out to iTunes, leave us a review. It's easy to do from your computer. And if you, if you listen to us on your iPhone, it's even easier to do from the app. Uh, check us out on Facebook and Twitter. You can share this episode with your friends because they need to repent of their sin too. Head on out to Yankee Pil- <laughs> Head on out to yankeepilgrim.com to join the conversation. Until next time, Nate, I'm going to give you the last word. Peace. Peace, brother. <laughs>